welcome to Who Wins Podcast, where each episode we pit pop culture icons against each other in a brutal fight to the death. This episode, we are going to be pitting Nathan Drake against Lara Croft. Okay, so quite similar characters, really, yeah. which is obviously the, the purpose for the whole yeah. the whole Who Wins on this one. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that Drake and the Uncharted franchise owe heavily to early Tomb Raider games. Oh, God, yeah. Um, obviously, there's elements of Indiana Jones in there as well. Yeah. We'll um, that, those. But I think it's probably fair to say those games probably wouldn't exist without... No. The sort of blueprint laid down by Tomb Raider. I mean, it's probably quite fair to say that. I mean, there would have been others, and certainly when consoles, when certain when there's sort of the, the the generation of consoles that had sort of the the, the place the, the first PlayStation came about, um, you didn't have a great deal of. Oh, there weren't millions of three D platform action games. There yeah. were there were some. They, um, there would have been a lot more on PC. Yeah, um, but well, I mean, I, I always sort of associate Tomb Raider with PC, even though the first ones were that PlayStation generation of like three yeah. D polygon platformers and stuff. Like, I played Tomb Raider one and two on a PC, right? Because I was a PC gamer at the time, and I always kind of think of them as that because you were able to buff the graphics up and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah, for me, I I um I had them on the f- the first three on the PS one, and then mm-hmm. as as it evolved, um. And it's a really interesting thing they did uh, for the I think it was the 10th anniversary of the first game. They released um, Tomb Raider Anniversary, which yeah. was basically the first game with the current engine. Right. And the, um, the, the gameplay was a lot, and it was, a lot, it was much improved because they, they realised some of the things they were a bit limited with. Mm. Um, and she did not triangle it is. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. And when you, I've been thinking about this, knowing this podcast was coming up, and, and you look at the current Tomb Raider games and how well designed and rendered and animated Lara Riz's character now and performed for that matter and yeah. then you look at her in like the early 90s where I mean she was probably the first real mass celebrity you could argue to yeah. come out with I mean obviously you had Mario and Sonic and stuff before but they were seen as like kids characters you're talking yeah. about Lara Croft was on the cover of like FHM yeah, and stuff I mean, like yeah, that yeah they, they had some of um people who basically represented that character and all yeah Roman Mitra went yeah. around and, and played Lara Croft and stuff but <laughs> But you look at the actual... I mean, obviously, there was low-res textures because that was the thing back in the yeah. day, but we considered it fucking cutting edge. We oh, thought this was, like, this was a real live character. and, and the, She looks fucking dreadful. Yeah, and like, you look at it now, and, yeah, it's horrendous, but you look at it 20 years ago when it came we out. We thought it was brilliant. That was amazing. Yeah. And, like, but it wasn't just the look of it. It was the fact that the, so the, the engine that drove it, the way she moved, the way that, you know... Her, her her arms weren't stiff. Her her arms bent yeah. at the elbows, and the, and when she when she climbed, and they you know her her legs moved in and and you, she was bending at the knee. It wasn't just no, you, you had she was on one bit, and then half a second later she was on the next bit. It actually it actually moved within the within yeah. I think the animation was the key. Same like we, I mean everybody's done it. I've no doubt you'd find the highest point in a tomb and swan dive. Oh god, generally yes. onto bunches of spikes or rock below, and she would crumple. But yeah. just the animation of her running and jumping and then forming into a perfect swan dive, yeah. as opposed to just running off the edge. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly have never seen anything like that before. No. I mean, certainly at that point, that would be about ninety six ish. I think the first one was even earlier than that. Was it really? I think yeah. I think on the, on, on the PlayStation it might have been about ninety five, ninety six. I think it may have been slightly earlier on the PC. I'm not sure, but. I mean, my my experience of, of gaming on that sort of platform would have been things like football games and stuff like mm. that, where, yeah, okay, you know, you were starting to get a bit more depth than you had on things like the Amiga and stuff like that, but you still weren't, you know, you still didn't have sort of the, the, the entire, you know, the 3D environment to work yeah. properly. And that was, a, no, that was a big step change. 
Um, and you're right, I think that without that, I don't think you'd have things like Uncharted because I think, it, yeah. irrespective of the similarities of the stories and the character, just that type of game. I think yeah, that kind massively of 3D sort of third-person action adventure. I mean, Uncharted owes a hell of a lot and then it's sort of come full circle when you look at the Tomb Raider reboot yeah. and that clearly owes a lot to Uncharted. Yes. Uh, and then <laughs> Uncharted 4 owes a hell of a lot to the Tomb Raider reboot. So these yeah. two series really are just robbing off each other. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's great. I mean, yeah. I think anything that, anything that pushes them to, to develop, to improve, I mean, what they can't afford to do is rest in the law. So, well, the last one was good. We'll just make that again. Yeah. And then another franchise, be it Tomb Raider and Charlotte or something else, will come back and say, well, well, we'll have the ante on that one. People will buy our game, not yours, because you mm. haven't done anything new. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are entire mechanics in Uncharted 4 that are just lifted wholeheartedly from mm. the, the last, not the last Tomb Raider, the one before that, because they sequelized it, but yeah. um, Tomb Raider, as it was called then. Yeah. The whole climbing mechanism in Uncharted now is stolen from that with, with the pickaxes, and yeah. then there's the rope mechanism, and it's all come directly from that. So... Yeah, uh, and I, I think for terms of this fight, obviously Lara as a character has got, at this point, 20-odd years of backstory. Yeah. Um, and I don't think she's really changed that much as a character in the, in the reboot. Is it even a reboot, or are they just prequels? I mean, it was advertised as a reboot, but to be fair, they kind of are prequels. Yeah, they kind of fit in with this. So they, they haven't changed anything. So I don't no, have, I mean, I've, they do yeah. fit in with the mythology. Like, okay, spoilers for both franchises. Yeah. Um, in, in Tomb Raider, like, she gets handed the pistols, which by the first Tomb Raider, <laughs> yeah. also called Tomb Raider, um, way back in the 90s, like her iconic weapon was these two handguns, and yeah. you get those in the first Tomb Raider. Yeah. So it, it, it's about... Yeah, it, it does, and I think that, like we've, we've talked about it before, it's, it's my big thing with comic books, where there's so many different iterations and so many origin stories, and, so, and this and the other. They haven't done that. I think, you know, they, you're right, I think they are more prequels, where they've just gone, you know what, we, we, there's a story to tell Yeah. from before the game started. So let's tell it. Yeah, let, let's get her to that point. I, yeah. mean, I think because the the animation and, and the storytelling tools were so limited back in the 90s as well, there, there's almost an element of blank canvas yeah. to, to that early Lara as well. So the fact that this Lara now that, that we're playing through in the prequels then is a lot grittier and a lot more rounded as a character doesn't really take away from the original. It can all no. fit in. You can project that onto the Lara that she would become. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you look at the way that the um, the character developed and so the backstory developed over the, not, not so much the first couple of games, but you had, I can't even remember how many there were. I want to say there was like six many. or seven. I, I dro- I'll be honest, I dropped off those original games after the second one. I played elements of the third one but the only ones I really could say I played were one and two. Yeah, and then same, you started yeah. getting, like, what was the Angel of Darkness or something? Yeah. yeah it, it just got ridiculous. It, it was at the point where it it was that first, I think... Yeah, no, it definitely was that first AAA franchise where there was one every year. Like yes. there was with Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty. Now, every year you knew you were getting a Tomb Raider game. Yeah. And they had nothing new to offer other than maybe, oh, look, this time Lara's wearing a snowsuit. Or, yeah, no, this, yeah this, this time there's a, a snowmobile involved. And, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. But the, the, the later ones, I, I, I'm the same. The first two I played ad nauseum. Mm. Um, and then after that, they sort of died. Have I had the third one? Which I think is the one she died. Yes, I think um, that's right. Yeah, again, spoilers for a game that's 20 years old. 
Um, but yeah, I, th- I played that, and then listen, there were so many different versions, so many ones after that, and I just, I just kind of lost interest for a while. And then they did one, I think they, they did Spake once close together. One was called Legacy, one was the anniversary version um, of the first one, and then they did, one, uh, they did uh, Underworld. Yeah, that was almost the first kind of, again, I don't want to say reboot, I haven't played them, so I don't know how they fit in the mythology, but it was that first kind of resurgence. It, it kind of went away for a little while. Yeah, you're a couple of years off. And then it came back on, whether it was PS2 or PS3, I don't know, but there was a generational leap. Yes. Because you can clearly see the graphics think, are better. I think Underworld was the first one that was done solely for PS3. I think the other two yeah. were PS2 and then the upgraded. Cross-platform, yeah. Um, so PS3, I think, um, Underworld I think was the first PS3 one. And then you had Tomb Raider was cross-platform and Rise of the Tomb Raider, the new one? Yeah. That's um, only PS4 and whatever the Xbox one is. Yeah, the, the first one was PS3 and PS4. Yeah. Then Rise was originally uh, an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. And it's now just, well, not just about a year ago now, hit PS4 at yeah. the time of recording. Um, so, yeah, I, whereas I guess there's an element there as well of with, with Tomb Raider, Lara is a character that everybody knows and everybody's fairly familiar with the backstory. You know, she's a rich English lady with a butler and a mansion. Yeah. Um, whereas Drake's, I mean, the entire game's a PS4 exclusive, so perhaps he's a little bit less well-known. I, I don't know. I guess at this point, you could consider him one of the iconic gaming characters now. I think the franchise has cemented itself yeah, enough I mean, that even if you're an Xbox gamer as opposed to a PlayStation gamer, you, you know Uncharted. Yeah, I mean, I think the first one was about 2010, 2011. Don't even know. Um, uh, I mean, I, I played them late in the day because having never really been a PlayStation owner until PS4, yeah. I had a PS1 briefly and sold it because I didn't like it. Um, I played the first three games back to back. I borrowed a PlayStation 3 and played them all back to back. So I, I, I was very late to the party on these. Okay, I was actually wrong. It was earlier than that. And Uncharted, uh, the first one was 2007. Wow. Second one was 2009. The third one was 2011. And then um, Uncharted 4 was 2016. So we're talking a 10-year-old franchise versus a 20-year-old franchise. Yeah. So Lara's, Lara has had a lot more time to be cemented in public consciousness, I think. Yeah, and I think, as you said, I mean, Lara Croft was the first real celebrity of... of actually, once you got past that sort of Mario Sonic... Yeah. You know, computer games are for kids. Yeah. Once you got into that, sort of, that next generation where more young adults and then adults were playing games, Lara Croft was the first sort of real celebrity and that everybody knew Lara Croft was. Because yeah. even my mother knew Lara Croft. Yeah, every, to this day you can say Lara Croft and people know, Yeah, I would say 90% of the world's population know who Lara Croft is. Yeah. And if they don't know Lara Croft, they know Tomb Raider. Yeah. yeah. Um, or no, even if they didn't know the name, they'd see a picture and realise who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Nathan Drake, not so much. Um, no. But I think that... That was one thing that they did well with Tomb Raider when they first released the franchise. If you look at the first game, it was Tomb Raider starring Lara Croft. Yeah. They they made a point of uh, it's a cinematic game. It has the 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 cut sequences that they were very well done. They looked really good. Obviously, yeah. you know, as opposed to the so the the gameplay uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, graphics. So all of a sudden, it was like it's like we're seeing a film. So we need a star to hang it on, and yeah. that's the way the market was. So by the time you got to Uncharted in two thousand seven. You didn't really need to do that anymore because games were that you know, that type of game was pretty much the most um, after after things like Call of Duty and FIFA, which are you now just as I say yeah. just infinite franchises. 
it was kind of one of those, well, that's a 3D platformer. We've, we've had that for a long time. That's, we don't need to sell it. Yeah. We don't need a gimmick to sell it. We can just sell the game. I think um, with Uncharted, there was always the subtitle on each game. So you had like Drake's Fortune, Drake's Deception, stuff like that. But it was never Uncharted starring Nathan Drake. Yeah. To the point where we're now even uh, this summer, the next Uncharted game, as far as I understand it, isn't going to feature Drake at all. It's going to be based on two side characters because Drake's story is done. Okay. It's gone. Um, so you could still apply that mechanic as in, you know, the first four games are starring Nathan Drake and yeah. this fifth one is not, yeah. sorry, the five games because it's a Vita as well. Yeah. So the sixth one is not, but I think Lara Croft is such an integral part of Tomb Raider now because it's always been Tomb Raider starring Lara Croft, yeah. that it'll be that much more difficult to replace. I mean, even when you look at the, um, I know they're making another film now, but when you look at the original film with Angelina Jolie, that was Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Yeah. That was the name of the film. Yeah, I think even the second one was Lara, wasn't it? Uh, Lara Croft and the Cradle of Light. Oh, shit, there was two. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I'm fairly sure the second one was, it wasn't Tomb Raider, it was Lara Croft. Yeah. And uh, and just, you know, that's how they built the franchise, isn't that? that you, can, you can see why they did that. So it was because it was an identifiable character. Yeah. I mean, when was that? About 2001-ish? I have no idea. I try and block those films from my memory. <laughs> the first, the second one was shite. The, the first one, if you took it for what it was, which was an adaptation of a game, yeah, it was all right. The second one, they tried too hard to make it a film in its own right and yeah. tried to ignore some of the sort of game heritage to it. Yeah. Um, but again, again, it just, no, it, was, it was before, I mean, you look at some of the proliferation of films we've got out, which are not, comic book and computer game based that they've yeah, all got a bit of mysticism that, and stuff yeah. like that it was before so people I think when they made the film so the second one it was called the, was it the Cradle of Life it was Cradle of Life yeah and I think they they had it and it was sort of it was supposed to be this sort of you know, holy grail Ark of the Covenant type of thing but they want they didn't they wanted to do what Indiana Jones did and sort of shy away from sort of showing the mystical aspects to it mm. and sort of trying to focus on the human aspects but they failed miserably yeah and I think that was the big problem with it um but yeah, I mean, I can't remember how we got to that, but yeah, you, you look at that and said that's, yeah, completely lost where we were. That whole identity and using that character, I'd say that, no, that was a key selling point. Yeah. And I, what, I, say, I do wonder if we hadn't had that in the mid-90s, so yeah. if no, where we'd be in terms of games now, because as I said, they, I think certainly the, so the, the, the PS1 and then, so the, the PS2 and the first Xbox, they were a big turning point in games and as much as they became mainstream all of a sudden, yeah. they weren't for kids, not kids in geeks in basements. Yeah, yeah. Every, you, you have a, you know, a PlayStation in your, uh, in your living room, you can play DVDs on it as well. So all yeah. of a sudden, it's not such a, such a big deal. Uh, and I think that a lot of that is owed to sort of the legacy of having that sort of game and what they did with that. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a breakthrough point. And I mean, I, I hate that whole Mario and Sonic are for kids argument and... You know, we we won't get into it on this podcast. I've no doubt both of those will feature in yeah. future episodes. I mean, I will stand it all day and argue for how much better any Mario game is that you want to put in front of me than ninety percent of what is put out on PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah. Um, purely from a design aesthetic and and everything like those games take so long to release for a reason. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that's a different kind of game the story is not so integral the character is not so yeah. integral I mean 
Mario, again, is one of those characters that is interchangeable. A lot of Mario games, you don't have to play as Mario. You can play as Luigi, you can play as Peach, you can play as Toad. Yeah. They'll all have their various different approaches to the levels, but the game is essentially the same. Yeah, you can play the game regardless. Yeah, if you took, if you were to play an Uncharted game as, say, Sully instead of Drake, the story would be yeah. fundamentally different because it's they are Drake's stories. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and the same thing, especially with the new Tomb Raider games, they're very story driven. Yeah. And it's Lara's story. Yeah, and that's what I like to do. Is I've not played. Um, I've played a very little section at the start of uh, Rise, but that's one thing I did like about Tomb Raider was the fact that you it wasn't focusing on what gimmicky gadgets she had or what weapon yeah. she had. It was telling the story of how she got from the plane crash. Yeah. To how she became Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Yeah. Um, and but if you, you know as we said earlier they they fit in nicely as to inform where that character was by the time you had the first game back mm. in whenever the hell it was um but if you look at those games they they're story driven to a point but it's all very MacGuffin based it's all i've got to get i've got to recover oh, yeah. this i've got to i've got I to mean, find that i've got to get to this to get to that to be, find the end boss yeah um, it, it is a MacGuffin. like in in every one of the uncharted games and the tomb raider games there is a MacGuffin of sorts. Hmm. Um, and you always need something. It's always some sort of mystical artefact that with, you know, okay, we'll, we'll tread carefully with Uncharted 4 because I know Mark hasn't played it, but not so much mystical there, but there's still a MacGuffin. We're still looking for the lost pirate city and stuff. Yeah. So it's, they're always on a quest for something. But one of the things that I think especially the new Tomb Raider franchise handles very well is building a strong character-driven story around that. It is yeah. very much about Lara uh, to the point where you get that MacGuffin essentially just so you can wrap things up in the third act. Yeah, it has just, to be a boss fight. Yeah, it's just so you have something to finish the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the same thing with, with Rise. Um, slightly less clumsy in Rise it, I think the thread is woven through a bit better than it is in the first one where all of a sudden you get to the last third of the game and there's gods appearing. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of expected from the franchise as yeah. well. I mean, you know, that that is that kind of... Look, both of these franchises are a huge debt to Indiana Jones and that is what you expect. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at not just the, sort of the games and the aesthetics and sort of the, the story of it, but you look at the characters as well, they owe a hell of a lot to... Not just Indiana Jones, but that sort of tradition of sort of roguish, swashbuckling characters yeah. throughout, throughout literature. I mean, throughout Drake, that. especially. I don't think Lara so much now, and especially since the the prequels, Lara's a much darker character. Yeah. Um, she's she's not as quick with a quip, and she's she's certainly not kind of lovable rogue. She's more. Oh, she's full of self loathing. If anything, by the time you get to the end of Rise, and and she's a lot, which I think is something that will play in this fight whereas Drake literally is a digitised Indiana Jones yeah but if you look at um, Lara in the early games as well she's very righteous she's very much everything has to be preserved we don't want to just no we don't want to damage this belongs in a museum yeah Um, whereas Drake's a fucking thief yeah Um, but (laughs) you you do get that sense that she she is very righteous but she is very quick with the puns yeah Um, certainly in those early games she did love a good pun yeah. Um, whereas as I said Drake is a mercenary he's, no, he's a thief Yeah. and he will go any fucking where and steal any fucking thing Yeah. and he just happens to know shit about history and tradition and mythology and things like that so it's it, 
they're kind of two sides of a coin. Yeah, they, they very much are. Uh, the characters are very similar, but Drake is definitely on the... As you say, he's, he's a mercenary and a thief, and he's he's quite happy-go-lucky, really. Um, again, in fourth in Uncharted 4, there, there are sort of elements starting to creep in a bit of doubt and self-loathing, and he doesn't want to go on this one last adventure because he's settled down and stuff like that. But front and centre with the new Tomb Raider games especially, which I think are probably the fairest comparison just because of the generation here, I mean, it's front and centre. Within the first hour of that game, Lara goes from sort of kind of just graduated from college, freshman who's on her first expedition, to almost raped, beaten to within an inch of her life mm. and forced to survive. Yeah. And her character evolves from there. Yeah. Um, she is... Which I th- at first I thought were interesting choices. Definitely. I didn't see... I mean, I, I played that game. Uh, it was one of the first games... I got when I got the PS4 just because it was on sale in the store and I was not expecting to go on the ride that that, no. that game took me on. I was expecting another Tomb Raider adventure and I knew it was a prequel but I was expecting the spoiled little rich girl to be getting, yeah. getting all her equipment and going off on expeditions. I was not expecting Rape Revenge no. uh, at all. I think... I mean, much has been said about it. Some people don't like the way it's handled. Some people think it's actually quite distasteful. I think it works very well. I think it takes the character to exactly where she needs to go. I was going to say, for for where for what it does in terms of the character and the story, it needs to it needs to be that. I think. I mean, I, I can see why people might have objected to it. Totally. But I think, and I do think it was a very interesting choice. But I think, as a choice, it it did a lot more to inform that character and to inform that game, than. Yeah any other thing that you could have done it would have been very difficult having come into it with the baggage everybody has from the Tomb Raider games of I say Paul Little Rush Girl living mm. in a mansion with a butler because her father's dead yeah um, to get from no, to, it's, a, it's a very interesting departure from that character and mm. whatever you did in that whatever you did in that prequel to, to sort of inform that character there was no real there was no I can't see a more effective way of doing it than the way they did no. it and um, what it did from a narrative standpoint is I mean it, this Uncharted is one of the whole kind of key key franchises in this whole ludo narrative argument that's been going on for years and years as we start to look at games more seriously as yeah. an art form um, but it's always brought up that Drake's presented as this as a hero and an Indiana Jones type and a, and a plucky kind of adventurer and yet he's actually a fucking genocidal maniac. Mm. Like, he's a mass murderer. He doesn't think twice about just blowing people up with RPGs and shooting yeah. people. And he, you know, his body count is huge. If anybody gets in his way, he will kill them. Whereas in Tomb Raider, because you have that encounter early on, yeah. you feel like after that, everything Lara does is justified. Yeah. When you put an arrow through someone's head... It is justified because you know that if you don't, they are going to kill you. Yeah. And there is that element of threat and we've already seen it. So her actions are completely justified. Mm. Um, I guess there's a little... Because it's such a hot-button topic, because it's a young girl and you've got an army of mercenaries in it and there's the whole rape thing, I, I can see why people consider it distasteful. But again, personally, from my point of view, I think it informs that character and it allows it allows you to take her through that story mm. and learn these various ways of horribly dispatching people. I yeah. mean, this, the game is horrendously violent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing that does strike me with it, and it makes me laugh to a point, and I think it owes a lot to sort of the realism and sort of the development of games and the evolution of games, but 
can't remember if it was the first or the second Tomb Raider game that when you encountered people for the first time and they were trying to kill you and you had to kill them, it took about 15 shots to kill them. Yeah. And then you look at sort of the, the prequel then and you've got a girl who's just learning to use them to, to make and, and use weapons and she can kill them with one shot. And you think it's um, one, one shot with a bow, a bow and arrow into the arm, which you know, incapacitates them, or 15 shots with, uh, with magnums. And, yeah, you know. I mean, again, there's that whole looter narrative argument. Um, and, and I think these Tomb Raider games are pretty good on the side of it. Like an arrow to the head will kill you. Yes. That is how it works. Yeah. You know? That's it. And I think that Whereas an arrow to the leg will make you stumble and then you can go up and stick the pickaxe in the head yeah. instead. That's it. And I think I, I do think a lot of that's because of advances in technology and the way that mm. you know, the, the way that so the, the game engines have worked and the logic has worked. Because the programming logic will always be the same, it will never change, but it's just how how much more sophisticated it gets. Yeah. So no, I I dare say it's not gonna be long before we get games where you know you do put landmines down and somebody loses a leg. Yeah. As opposed to you put a landmine down and it kills them. It kills them, yeah. You know, and so things like that. I mean, I, and that'll be interesting to see that sort of evolution over the next couple mm. of uh, couple of generations of games and consoles. Whereas, again, I know they're older games, but whereas, like I said, <laughs> you you come down on the Drake side of things then, and he is genocidal. He'll take out an entire village with a handgun. Yeah. <laughs> Men, women, and children doesn't matter. He's yeah. got a handgun. He'll take them all. They're in the way. Yeah, they're they're in his way. Yeah, and that's one thing I did find actually um, with the the Vita game because that was done by a subsidiary of Naughty Dog. It wasn't done by Naughty Dog themselves. He does. See, he seems a lot more moral in in that. There's, his compass is a bit more is a bit stronger. Mm. Um, and as we were talking before we started, it's written by different people, yeah. which I hadn't realized for a long time. Um, but when you go back and you think about sort of some of the character choices, it does. It seems like a sh- like a, a shorter version of well, one of the games. It, it, it has you no. Know, it has the same feel to it. It has the same look to it. It's just a shorter version because it's on a on a different platform. But you look at sort of um the story revolves around it's called the Golden Abyss. I can't remember. This, this, again, it's it's MacGuffin City. You know, they they go look for something. He gets double crossed by a friend. Yeah. Picks up a girl along the way. You know, stand fair. Um. But yeah, it's just sort of, it just felt like a, a smaller version of the game. But when it came to it was you no. Know, he got the guy who double crossed him and double crossed him again and double crossed him again. The Drake you get in the console games would have just blown his head off. Yeah. But in this one, he's always trying to protect him. He's always trying to see where he's coming from, what he's doing, what angle he's playing. And when he's not playing an angle, he's just a duplicitous little shit. Yeah. And in the end, spoilers, he gets his comeuppance because that's how these things work. But you'd you'd be expecting Drake, the first chance he gets, to put a bullet in him. Mm. And he never does. And it's it's an interesting one. So it's... Because it's different people. I don't yeah. Realize, but. There's, there, well, there's a little bit of that with Uncharted 4 as well, which is, is different writers quite famously mm. now. Um, but it does delve a lot deeper into the character. It doesn't necessarily absolve him from being a, a maniac, but he's definitely a more rounded character who's questioning what he's doing and whether by the end of the game, whether it's even mm. worth it and whether he wants to bother pursuing yeah. the, the things that he's pursuing, um, which is been there in Tomb Raider all along yeah there is a lot of especially in that first game where everything starts going wrong on the expedition there is a lot of this is my fault I've brought these people here looking for this thing and yeah. you that even spills over into two where as I say Lara is full of self-loathing yeah. in two you know because she's put herself in that situation again and people are dying because of her again yeah and and you you never really get that with Drake but I think Regardless, when it comes down to this, this is one of the few fights we've had where 
I mean, generally, we have these fights and we're trying to find a reason for both parties to kill the other. And quite often, we get to a statement, we go, but they wouldn't do that. It's not in character. These two, yeah. no problem whatsoever. I, I, think, I think this one is going to be more a case of who, of who can get the first, the, first, uh, the first punch, the first shot. And, and I, I think, yeah. Right. I mean, I think it depends what, what they're fighting with. Um, both are, are adept with handguns. Yeah. So there's no problem there. Well, so I think, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if you look at the, the original Tomb Raider and the second Tomb Raider game, um, there was no hand-to-hand combat. There, was no, there were no melee weapons. There was no, there was no um, bows or anything like that. It was just guns and guns and guns. Yeah. And then as, you, as the games evolved, it, you, know, you went from having, like the first game, there was, I think there was seven or eight different guns you had. There were Uzis and shotguns yeah. and machine guns. And then in the second one, I think there was RPGs and grenade yeah. launchers and you know, all these sort of rocket launchers. And you think, all right, well, it's getting a bit bigger. Um, by the time you get to um, Tomb Raider and Rise, I think I'm right in saying there's a hand-to-hand element. There is. Um, it's very... It, it's intentionally sloppy, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, part of the point of these games is, is Lara is learning how yeah, to she's shift not and trained, learning she's how not, she's yeah. not trained. Um, and so, like, the dodge mechanic is, is not like... She's not going to block. You do the dodge mechanic and she stumbles out of the way. And instead yeah. of punching or kicking people, um, she, she gets the axe out and she'll stick it in the leg. Or if you've got the bow and arrow armed, if you can counter, she might stick an arrow in the knee. Yeah. One of the things they do very well in those games is use the fact that Lara is a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in the first one, really, a, a girl. Oh. She's, she's quite young she's in her sort of late teens early 20s I would yeah. say in that in that first one yeah probably early 20s I guess um, but they make quite a lot of the fact that she's fighting these these men who are physically bigger and yeah. stronger than her but she's smaller and faster and more agile so it's all about letting them swing getting out of the way and sticking yeah. the arrow in the leg and they play that combat very well and the same thing would apply with Drake, you know, when when you see Drake's fighting style, he's not a polished fighter. He's a brawler. He's he's Indiana Jones. He, yeah, he is Indiana Jones. He throws the big fucking roundhouses and yeah. slams people into walls and things yeah. like that. He, he's not he's not all of a sudden going to do kung fu. Um, and Lara's very well geared to counter that, being smaller and more agile. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna swing a big roundhouse punch. He can duck under it and get the arrow in the knee. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, coming, just coming back to what you said there about Lara as well, the fact that you know, not just in in the the sort of the new games, but in the original as well, is that it was the f- I think I'm gonna say it was the first time you had a f- a female protagonist in this sort of game. Mm. Um, I don't, I think a lot that added a lot to the appeal, the fact that you did have this very strong, confident, capable woman. Yeah. Who was going off and being Indiana Jones, but you know, as as a as a woman on on a different platform. And I think that's part of the masculine. I think that's endured as well. And I think that, aside from sort of the criticism we've talked about of the sort of the new games and sort of the, how they inform the character, I think generally there's there's been an acceptance that she has been portrayed as a very good role model. Yeah. You no, know, she, she, she is strong. No, she is strong. She's intelligent. She's capable. She's multi multi talented, multi skilled. Yeah. But she doesn't lose her, her humanity. Whereas you see a lot of things in in literature and in films where you have these sorts of characters. But they lose who they are, yeah. In order to be, in order to, to become, order to become yeah. that, and I think that's one of the things that sort of it's this the franchise has been lauded for for twenty years is the fact that it's a very positive, uh, and a very um, sort of very very empowering sort of image. Yeah, and it, and again, it, I'm, 
keep harping on about these these last two games. Um, I think they're brilliant. In mm-hmm. case you haven't already picked that up from this podcast, but but there's a lot of that in there as well. As she's kind of falling down this rabbit hole of self loathing and stuff like that, and she's blaming herself for everything. At no point does she actually get lost in any kind of shame or depression spiral. Though she's always like, "Yes, this is my fault, but I am going to sort this yeah, out." Yeah, now I've got to put it right. Yeah, exactly. And and so she doesn't again. She doesn't lose herself and become this like wild rabid which, which would be the temptation for her to yeah. go like full Lambo yeah but she never does you know I mean she's quite happy to go setting traps and killing people and stuff but she's always aware why she's doing it yeah um, and again that's particularly in the second one because there's extra story elements in there again that, that play into her past and stuff but she's always fully aware of what she's doing and they are her choices yeah you know um Drake, again, not so much. Drake is about, like, I'm after this thing and I've got some friends with me, but meh, if I have to fuck them over, I'll fuck them over. When, yeah. I mean, even, I've lost count through the franchise now the amount of times that you think Drake and Sully are sort of crossing each other, and Sully especially. Yeah. Uh, there are points where he goes off and you think, has he got another angle here? And it's just that kind of honour among thieves environment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that is the only... The only thing here is if we, if we allow it in, which we, we tend to in these sort of things, is that Drake does have a support network, which, yeah. which Lara doesn't really have. There is one recurring character throughout the two games. Um, he's not really that useful. Uh, and to be honest, all of the other characters in these games are. That is probably the biggest criticism you can level at these new two American games. They are completely incidental. They yeah. have very little bearing on the story, other than to be there as drive for Lara as they all get killed. Yeah. <laughs> She's starting to, starting to think, I've done this to them. Yeah, but I mean, you always had that. I mean, throughout the Tomb Raider games, there was always the bit that she she interacted with people when she had to, and then when she went off and did her missions or went off and did She's her... She's lone wolf. She, yeah, she is on her own. There's, there's very little... I think there are very few times where you actually get her doing anything in tandem with anybody else. Mm. Whereas Drake is very reliant on, on Sully and in, in other games then you've got Elena and Chloe and all of those. And, and especially by the time we get to four, they make a big point of showing how integral Elena is to who Nate is, yeah. which is something I think in, in previous games had probably been there, but I, I always kind of didn't really like Elena Fisher as a character because she always just seemed to be quite boring honest <laughs> and get in the way. She never had any real drive but by the time four comes around she fucking rocks and you realize how important she is to the character that drake has become but i think that i think i don't think she was boring i think she was a normalizing influence and i think that was yeah. the point it was that he and he is fucking gung-ho gun to a knife fight all this sort of stuff. yeah whereas she's a, she's she's the rational bit she's the part of his brain that says slow down think yeah. about it that if you're still gonna if you're gonna do it at least think about it first think about how you're gonna do it don't yeah. just start swinging. Yeah, I think you're probably right, actually. I think maybe that's why I've always found her quite annoying and boring is because in that world, if I'm playing Uncharted and I'm playing as Nathan Drake, it's very difficult not to get caught up in guns, let's go! You yeah. Know? Like, I don't want to hear it. I've got a pistol and I'm taking down an entire village. That's it. I don't want to hear it. Like, I've accepted that I'm a maniac for the next 30 hours. Just yeah. let me have at it, please. Yeah, I I think that was that was probably the point though, and I think I mean as I've not played um, not played four yet, so I'm not I've, I'm I've not seen um that's sort of, that's that stage of the relationship and how it does affect it, but that was always the thing to me is that she was the manifestation of the voice of reason, mm. 
and kind of had to be there just to be ignored. Yeah, I guess. Whereas, because like by the time you get to three and Chloe shows up, I'm all of a sudden I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with Elena? Like, what what the hell are you doing? Like, she is actively encouraging you to go off on these quests, and and you're going with the boring one. Um, and then by the time four rolls around, you, you kind of get it, especially the the last third of that game. Uh, okay, spoilers, I'll keep them very minor, but the last third of that game where Elena really gets involved is the best part of the game. Right. And as I say, it makes you realise how much, probably through stealth, through the other games, you've grown to love that character. And by the time she shows up and gets involved, mm. it's it's awesome. It adds an extra level to the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Drake has that support network going on. However, having said all of that, and having said how much I like Elena in 4, and she is pretty badass in it as well, she ain't got no chance against Lara Croft. No, I, I, <laughs> like, I've got to be honest. I think for part of it would be pride for, for Drake. I, I think he'd want to do it on his own. I think he'd want to go out on his own, just because you're thinking... Well, it, that is part of his character as well. Yeah, know, it's, it's, it's the, sort of the... Part of it would be, well, I'm protecting people by keeping them out of the way. Part of it would be... Girl, fuck off that. They, they were definitely, Laura's definitely got that to her advantage as, as well. And that's, again, something that's that's played on in these games. It's a core mechanic of, like, she's just a girl. Yeah. She's not, you know, she's not a threat at all. That's it. And, I mean, that, um, that's sort of steeped in, in sort of history and in sort of literature and TV and film as well. You look at things like Alien and Buffy and mm. Terminator. Everybody underestimates the very small, very meek-looking girl. Yeah. Until she kicks the living shit out of you. Yeah. Exactly, um, and and that was that was sort of thing. And I think this, I think Tomb Raider, when as I when the first one came along, it was sort of playing into that. I think it would just be, I think probably a year or so before Buffy the series started. But I so say you'd had Terminator and Terminator Two. When Terminator Two was ninety two ish, somewhere around there. Yeah. So yeah, so you had the Sarah Connor character. You've had Ripley. You've well, I think you had three Alien films by then. So you, you've you had, had three. Yeah. So you've had you've had the evolution of Ripley in, in those yeah. films as well. Um, to a lesser extent you've had things like Wonder Woman and Charlie's Angels and all this sort of stuff so mm-hmm. you've, you've had these sort of female characters in, in sort of these, these leading roles and these sort of these badass roles which you've never had before um, and all of a sudden sort of Tomb Raider is just sort of an extension of that or, or an acceleration of that if you like and Lara Croft is sort of the, this is the evolution of the next generation which says well not only can I, you know, can I hold my own against I don't know against attackers and this idea I'm actually an expert in my field yeah. and can go off and do shit that most men can't do yeah, I you know I can get into places where men haven't been for five hundred years, you know, and it was a, it's a really good thing seeing. So the it's that underestimate underestimation where people always go, ah, she's a little girl, she's mm. a little woman, you know. I mean, if, I mean, going back to the so the animation on the first one, so the the um, the, the, the character design, I mean, there's a picture so of Sarah Highland this week where she's been ill and she's got her her arms look like they just skeleton with a little bit of flesh wrapped around them. Yeah, and that's kind of how Lara Croft looked. Is that it was all, it was just really skinny arms yeah, yeah, to a point where I think, her hand, her, yeah. I think her hands were points weren't they you know, to, she didn't actually have yeah. a hand or her, her wrists were points and then there was a pentagonal shape it was triangles yeah it was polygons yeah. that, that's what we had in the day that's yeah. it and so you look, you look at that and it just gave up the, the male characters the, atta- the attacking characters when you had those in the second one and things like the wolves and the bears and shit in the first one and even like the T-Rex they didn't look like that no and it it always made me laugh at the time um, and it wasn't just in Tomb Raider but it was across the board where for whatever reason when they were designing and developing these games they could they could do animals and monsters and all this sort of shit they couldn't do people 
Yeah. And that's always would be a bugbear of mine. And even when you look at sort of newer games, of certainly up to the sort of the end of the sort of PS three, um, Xbox three sixty sort of time, you look at the sort of the animational games like FIFA and WE and stuff like that, mm. and they're good, but they can't do hair. Yeah, there's still uncanny valley going on there. Yeah, the hair yeah. would just be solid. And yeah. that's something that's really come with this generation. Yeah. And again, I mean, to be fair, that is Naughty Dog's realm. I mean, you, you look at Uncharted 4 and that feels like a fully realised, living, breathing world. And those cutscenes are, they are cinematic. There's yeah. no other way from you, you could, all, if you caught them out the corner of your eye, you would think you were watching a film. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with Naughty Dog, to be fair, even the eyes and the facial expressions, like they're getting there. Yeah, and I think we were talking, again, we've talked about this before, um, looking at The Last of Us. Again, it's okay, there are issues with the gameplay that we've mm. discussed many times, and we won't go into that because we'll be here all day. Yeah. Um, but again, the look of it and so the, the mechanics of it, you, know, the, you don't have stiff movements, everything is very fluid, everything's very natural. Yeah. And you, you, know, you do get, when you're in your cut sequences, you get your facial expressions, your eye rolls, and shit like that. You know? yeah. People blink. Yeah. Little touches like, like that. It's. Um, specifically I mean I think the first time Naughty Dog really nailed that was The Last of Us and they do it to great effect in Uncharted 4 as well it's the you're constantly accompanied by an incidental character yeah and it's the throwaway comments and observations and conversations that you have yeah. that feel very natural so yeah. like in The Last of Us you'll be walking around and, and Ellie will start practicing whistling because she can't whistle or she'll start singing yeah. a song or and telling it, you a joke yeah it's nothing to do with the story no which is what but it had feels previously. very natural yeah. and you get it with Drake and his brother in Uncharted 4 as well they'll just verbally spar and it's got nothing at all to do with what's going on in the story yeah it's just you happen to be there with someone else yeah so rather than just talk about the mission where in previous games if that had happened it would be something like okay we need to get up on that ledge yeah I mean even like you know even like even now you look at the sort of the, the most recent iterations the things like Call of Duty the only interaction you get with anybody it's all story it's focused all, yeah, yeah it's all we need to get to the no, we need to get to that ridge get no, we need to catch the catch this vehicle or we need to we need to take out this person there's never any no there's, there's never any sort of personality to it no and it's one thing I think Naughty Dog have done and it's like, it's been a while since I've played Tomb Raider, and so I haven't played much of Rise. But obviously, because she's on her own, you don't get much of it. No, that. you don't. She uh, does internalize a lot yeah. and speak to you. They do break the fourth wall quite a lot. She speaks to you as the player, mm. uh, as it, as in like her voice in her head. Yeah, will come through, and and you. So she'll narrate her thoughts. Yeah, I think I think the so the, the, the example I can think of with that is when I think you make your first bow. And she's telling you how to how to sort of how to trap deer or something like that. Yeah. And it's like you don't you don't get to figure it out because she tells you flat out. This is what yeah. You and you'll quite often when you get to a campfire, she will sit down and just run through the day's events yeah. and, and the thoughts and stuff like that. Which again, I thought was a nice touch. It's a nice way to recap things. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, I mean, again, it's not like it. Games have come through. Affected sort of a, a cycle that. When you first had games, you couldn't save shit mid-game. Um, you couldn't save things. I don't know if you were playing sports games, you couldn't save after a game. You, if you were playing a tournament, you played the tournament and then you turned it off. Mm. Then you had some of the memory cards and things of that way. You, know, you, could, you could do a section, save that section, or if you had an autosave bit, you'd get to a, a cut sequence or a, a checkpoint and it would save. And now they sort of realised that people are effectively binge gaming. Yeah. Same as you, you, know, same as you do with, stuff, with TV, you, know, you binge watch it. People are doing that, and people will say, "Right, okay, I've got, I've got a day free. I'm going to sit down and play Tomb Raider for the day, yeah, or I'm going to play Batman, or 
Uncharted or whatever yeah, it's yeah. going to be and they will sit there and play it start to finish or they'll play it for you know, of course I, I did a couple of weeks ago I sat, I sat down about 10 o'clock to play something at 4 o'clock in the morning I thought fuck I'm going to bed yeah. and, and you can do that and so it's, it's gone through that cycle where people don't necessarily because they now know that they can save it I don't know if they can turn it off or not, so they don't necessarily want to because you get immersed in the game you get immersed in the world and I think one thing that struck me with it is like we're talking about so the, the anniversary version of the first game there's a section in the first game I think you're in a monastery or something like that and you start at the very top and you've got to work your way and it's all platforms and ladders to this bit and yeah. that, that bridge is gone and that's, that's broken and you've got to work your way down so you have the platforms and like the walls that are on them but then you don't have the wider room it's just black and then when they rebuilt it they actually rebuilt that room from floor to ceiling and it, I mean, it looks like a, a 16th century tomb it's all, it's all cracked there's there are um, stained glass windows there are, um, there are coffins and all this and they've they built that world around it and because of that you can get more immersed in it whereas the, when you were doing that bit in the first game you do it once or twice get halfway down and then fall off something yeah. and you think fuck it when it brings me back in at the top of the, the top of the screen again I'm just going to dive off it and turn it off yeah. and so you, they, the more they've developed the more the more immersive they've made it and the more you want to sort of sit there and, and go through it and play yeah yeah um, okay, so we this is going a little bit like our Beast versus Beast did, and we're not got anywhere near the fight yet. Because, <laughs> I mean, this was always going to happen. Um, we don't touch on games that much. No. But we're both pretty keen gamers, so this was always going to happen uh, when we started talking about games, I guess. So I think probably when it comes down to the fight itself, as we said, Drake's got, I don't think he's got a fair shout in a physical fight because I think he's going to be too slow. Yeah, um, and even if he does catch Lara, she's resilient enough that yeah, like she is one of those characters. Much like when we've we've had like Rocky and people like that, like she's one of those characters where if it's going to be a fist fight, he is going to have to punch her to death. Yeah, because he can knock all her teeth out, bust her nose, and break her legs, and up. she's still going to get back up and and stick an arrow in his knee if she can. Yeah. Like she is one of those characters. Um, so I I don't think. He's got a chance there. I think Drake's best chance really is in a firefight. Um, because well, even then, I'm not sure because I mean she was she's so a crack shot as well. And and the, the key is like she's got it all over him in stealth, basically. Yeah. Drake is. I mean, there is stealth in the Uncharted games, but it, it is literally he will creep up behind somebody and snap their neck. Yeah. Lara's far more likely to just use the environment around her, camouflage herself. Yeah. Like. Again, I, I alluded earlier that she never goes full Rambo, but there is definitely an element of that to her character. Yeah. She will be able to use the environment, make snares, traps. I mean, we see her hunt regularly yeah. in these new um, games. Uh, so that's the difference between the old games and the new games. The old games were very much shoot, 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 shoot. Yeah. Eventually something will fall over. Um, and that's, with the, the odd exception, you, know, you can play the new games like that, but you won't get very far or you'll get frustrated because you get shot. Yeah. You will die. You yeah. will flat out die if you just run in and expect to take people out. Yeah. Um, in with the Uncharted games, you can sneak about, and there's an expectation that you will. But if you go in there with grenades and guns and shit, you can get through it. Uncharted is far more about that. It's far about okay. Let's find the most indestructible piece of cover possible. Stay there and just expend my ammo. Yeah. Uh, and just I mean the gun oh, yeah, thing I'll is I'll terrible. I'll at the end. Yeah, it, it's terrible. We know that, but th that is how it works. Basically, yeah. you kill everybody, pick up all their ammo, move to the next kill box. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing. So with the um, 
I keep talking about this one because it's, it's probably one of my favourite games of, of that period um, was when they did the anniversary version and I think part of it was nostalgia yeah I, I, I love the original game when it came out and they did look to they looked to improve upon the fighting mechanism the game made because the first one certainly the bit I think it was on level 3 you came across a T-Rex randomly. yeah and as long as you stayed away from it and fired from and this fired, one, yeah. you, 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 know, you, were, you had unlimited ammo for those pistols you could just hold the button down and keep sidestepping. If it came mm. towards you, jump out of the way, roll out of the way, get get away from it, and keep on firing. Um, they did change the mechanism a bit to it's very similar to the the Titan bosses in Black, the Batman games. Yeah, the T Rex would charge you. It would not. So it put a mechanism in place. It said, you need to, when it does this, you need to do that. Need, yeah. And it, it built a bit of actual ability into it. It wasn't just hold the button down and hope. Mm. Um, and like I said that that always sort of. Well, no, that that to me was an it was an improvement, but it it, it made you sort of realise that you know, if had they not done that in the first place, you wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah. When you, yeah, when yeah, it, yeah. When it came, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the Drake games to me, and I've I've played played them all apart from the the Uncharted from Uncharted Four. Um, I say for me the I always find some of the gunplay stuff really clumsy as well. It is. Yeah. Um, I know it's well. We've talked about this before. It's it's a really it's really awkward, but you, you get to that point, you think, right, well, I can just go in, all guns blazing. I'll take a bit of damage, Yeah. but I'll get through it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's frustrating, but it's ultimately satisfying because you think, well, fuck, I'm just blowing people up. Yeah. And I mean, there is, there is elements of that in the new Tomb Raider as well. Like, it's still, it's cover-based when, when you're shooting. But again, Lara just, and this is down to, this isn't about the character design, this is just down to the engine and things. But Lara is a lot more agile and so if you are having to run and gun it's that much easier in Tomb Raider yeah. and you've got things like the dodge mechanic works so much better in it as well where she'll duck down and scramble and yeah. then you'll be able to essentially one hit yeah. whoever you're fighting if you time it right so even in the middle of a gunfight if you have to yeah. you can get down and dirty yeah. whereas in Uncharted if you get properly out in the open and there's loads of enemies there yeah, you you're know. fucked yeah. there's, there's Drake just there. hasn't got the manoeuvrability that was I think in I know you've got so there's a mechanism for dodging in the new ones, but certainly in the originals, I think it was the circle button, and you you press that, and you just did four rolls, and you yeah. could just roll out the way of everybody. Yeah. And if you wanted to, if you really wanted to frustrate people, you could just roll around them because they they couldn't turn. As well, that, as that is that is the thing with the, with the original Tomb Raiders, because again, it was it was early on in that kind of three D round, but Lara's very quick on her feet, and yeah, you can fire, 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 and instead of strafing as you would. In a first-person shooter, yeah. you use that roll, yeah. and you can circle strafe in it because yeah. you can roll around people and just unload. Yeah. So yeah, I guess even when it comes down to to the gunplay, like Drake just isn't as agile. No, but it, it wouldn't. I mean, you look at the size of him. You look at this of the. I mean, again, we we talked about you know so him and Indiana Jones. He's not trained in combat. No, he's not. No, he's he basically knows how to throw a punch. Yeah. Whereas. Again, Lara had to learn to survive, so she learned to fight. Well, yeah, Lara, Lara has learned herself, you know, so she has learned to fight, she's learned to survive. And I guess key to all of this as well, which we haven't actually talked about yet, um, well, I guess I touched on it earlier on when I talked about the first game, Lara's highly intelligent. Yeah. Now, Drake knows his shit when it comes to treasure and stuff like that, but you can't argue that he's scholarly-level intelligent. Whereas Lara is, she has that aspect of Indiana Jones's character. She is yeah. leading the expedition in the first game. Yeah. She has studied. She knows this stuff. Yeah. She's intelligent, you know, and and that's going to tie over as well because Drake's only option really is to try and get the jump on her. Yeah. 
which is going to be pretty fucking difficult. Yeah, and, and that's always the thing, sort of strokes you with, with Lara. Um, there is a sort of, as we, you know, we talked about, there's an element of crap and guard who's stylist. Use any bloody thing you can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, you know, it's, yeah. I've got an arrow, but I haven't got a bow. All right, well, I'll stab some fucker with it. Yeah, right, she I've got a rock, me. I'll use that. Yeah, she, she smashes people's heads in with a rock, she chokes them out with her bow. Yeah. You know, you've it's got whatever works. Yeah, you've got like the glory kills with all the weapons as well. But by the time you you upgrade it far enough in your skill tree, if you've got the shotgun in your hand and you melee in, she'll like kick their legs out from under them and make them literally make them swallow the shotgun. Mm. You know, she's that. Yeah. It, it's not trained fighting, but it works. Yeah. Whereas again, with Drake, he's just going to be swinging around houses. He may pistol whip somebody and things like that. Yeah, but, but it's it's again, it's that sort of very Indiana Jones, Mal Reynolds sort of. I'll, I'm, I'm a, I'm yeah, a fairly I'm a strong bloke. I'll, yeah. I'll scrap and I'll scrape and I'll, but I'll punch you. And, and, and that, that's about it. That is really the, the key to Drake's success he's going to have in is that he's plucky. He is going to have to rely on just good old-fashioned luck. But I don't, and I think Lara's just too prepared for it. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think that's going to come off. I mean, you look at some of the, sort of the villains you've had in both franchises and yeah, that's not that would work. Yeah. But pitting that against Lara Croft, you know, the charm's not going to work. She's not going to fall for his bullshit. Absolutely yeah. not. She'll throw it straight back in his face. Yeah, and I think you know, as a, a, he's not, he's not going to one up her because she's going to be a lot more prepared. You know, at the end of the day, he is, for, ironically, he is a Tomb Raider. He will go in and pillage and ransack yeah. and get the fuck out. A bit like Indiana Jones. Um, he'll go in and he'll, he'll find his artifact and he'll get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out there. Yeah. She, she's not about that. You know, she, you know, she's very logical. She's very methodical. Also, she's had to learn to survive. Yeah. And you know, you, certainly in the new games, but as well as in the old games, there was sitting, you know, she would get double crossed by somebody or she'd end up getting stranded somewhere. You know, I think she'd be in, you know, in the Himalayas in her shorts and the yeah. rest, but she would, you know, she would survive. And I think, I think obviously now, if they, if they were to make that, you know, that second game again, they'd have them, they'd look into the environment. She wouldn't just be in a wetsuit or a category. Yeah. You know. Now, it's interesting you say that because um, Rise is set in that kind of snow-capped environment. Right. And there is actually, there is a mechanic in it where um, you can change costumes in Rise. Certainly in the version I've got, I'm assuming it was in the original Xbox version as well, but obviously the special editions come out on the PlayStation. When you get to a campfire, you can change a costume. And the way you get different costumes is you can unlock them through hunting and stuff like that. Yeah. So it is possible, if you want to, to run around in the snow in the outfit from Tomb Raider 1. Okay. In shorts and a tank top, right? Totally possible. However, if you are more sensible and you decide that you're going to wear furs or a Henley jacket, you get stat buffs. Right. So she, because you're not freezing cold, your health will regenerate quicker and things like that. Whereas if you choose to just run around in the shorts, yeah, Lara might look great. Ooh, yeah. uh, missus. Yeah. But you are going to die because well, you're running around in the snow in a pair yeah. of skimpy shorts. I mean, uh, that's, that's what I was going to um, I mean, I don't know whether, whether the engine and the mechanics are there to do it, but it's the sort of thing you'd say, well... No, they've done it in certain games in certain levels where okay you're out in the cold so yeah. your health will automatically deteriorate like you know on, on an incremental basis just because of the environment you're in yeah and then um, you, you you take your health kit so no, we'll get to a point where you can change you change your outfit and you can put some warmer things on that will then negate that mm. um and i, I don't know if you know if, if the gameplay is that intelligent yet or the engine's that intelligent yet but that's I, I can see you no. Know, yeah. You can see the way that if the things are going, the way things are developing. That will be the next step. The next step. Yeah. Your environmental factors will. You know, I don't know how many how many games do you see where they go through fire and things like that, and they, you know, it doesn't 
it, it gives you a da- it'll damage you at the time but then uh, the fact that you've got you know, a burn on your arm which you know, is going to reduce your movement or you've got burns on your legs and you can't run as fast yeah. they haven't got to that point yet no. you know, it's, it's a one off yeah. it's a one off kill uh, one off kill effectively um, so I don't know it's, interesting. it's a sidebar it's not really relevant but it's, uh, no. but, but yeah that, that, that is there um, again that, that comes back to, to Lara's character and that whatever situation you put her in she will work out a way to survive so yeah. again to come back to rise like you were saying about being in the Himalayas in, yeah. in the shorts and stuff in the wetsuit but instead she had like um, a fur jacket and stuff actually yeah. in that one which is another outfit you can have in rise but it's a case of she's put in that environment when you start the game she's not really adequately prepared for it so you yeah. go off hunting to find what you need you yeah, kill you, bears and yeah, get the cats and stuff yeah. like that yeah um i think drake could do that to a fashion i don't think he would do it as well um I, I, I don't think it will cross his mind I've got to be honest I think you, know, you, you get the impression he's more well known. again a bit like Indiana Jones no matter where I am I've got my leather jacket my fedora and my open shirt yeah and that's kind of who I am yeah and uh, you, you don't worry about what's practical you worry about what's iconic and what looks right yeah um, I guess there's, there's mystical elements to both characters as well but, but neither really directly affect them no so it's it's not Re- I, unless like in the multiplayer for both games you can use them but that's bollocks it doesn't really yeah. tie the characters so that's not going to come into play so so really I think the way this fight goes is it's is it the first thing Drake's got to do it really is find Lara because if she knows she's coming she's going to be up in a fucking tree with a bow yeah exactly um, I, I honestly I, I actually thought there might be a little bit more to this but having talked it all through and talked the characters through, I don't see any way in which Drake just doesn't get his ass handed to him here. No, <laughs> I I'm, really don't. I I understand because I mean, we if you look you look at it logically, the the way, I mean we know we, we generally don't do guns, but um, well, yeah, they, they, they're they, integral to these yeah, characters. These characters yeah. But yeah, Lara is a crack shot with you know, she's got she's got these sort of pistols which are synonymous with her character. Um, Throughout the generation, so you've had Uzis, you've had assault rifles and shotguns, mm. magnums, rocket launchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Every, I mean, both of them have got pretty much any gun. Yeah. That you want, they've they've used more. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think she's ever used grenades. There's hand grenades. When I know she uh, she does have. Um, I mean, in in Rise, you craft stuff. Right. And she is able so you to can craft explosives. molotovs right. and explosives and smoke oh, bombs yeah, so and yeah, all yeah, sorts of before. Yeah, so um, so she is equally ad- I mean right. that that is the other thing is that if Drake's it, let's say they're stranded in a jungle somewhere Drake needs to find guns yes Lara's gonna craft shit yeah she'll make a she, yeah. she'll, no, she'll make a trap yeah yeah so I mean if you look at the weapon side of things they've they both use lots of weapons I'd say she's more adept I mean we've talked about that. I mean you've, yeah. you've got I know we're talking about the characters but you've got to look at the way those characters work and interact with their environment and the the gunplay and the firing mechanism, the shooting mechanism within the Tomb Raider games is, from what, from what I can tell, it's always more effective. You know, it's, it's always yeah, definitely. It's it's always it a lot more thought is. out. I mean, okay, the first game was no. Well, the first game was an off the way mechanic, wasn't it? It yeah. was essentially the Zelda lock on yeah. kind of scenario where you yeah. see an enemy, you press fire, yeah, and you can just keep running. Your bullets are automatically going. To yeah, and at that enemy. point, you can then do the sort of the effective circle strafing, where you just run sideways and you just do a big loop yeah. around the enemy. Whereas, as you always say to them. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the newer games, there is an element of oh, aiming you've yourself. Got, yeah, you've got a target. Yeah, and, yeah. and stuff. Um, and you have to in um, in, in the charter as well. Yeah. 
but it was one of it was very clunky. I mean, you look at other games of the sort. You look at your, you know, your generated yeah. stuff like that. Even to an extent, I know you don't have there aren't so many guns, but there are in in the Batman games you've got weapons which you have to aim and target. Yeah, batarangs and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you've still got to aim them. Yeah, yeah. But it's a lot more straightforward. It's a lot more effective. The 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 problem with um, Uncharted, even like there was a there was. A, I tend not to use it. Anyway. There's an auto aim function you could enable in the settings, and even when you put that on, you'd be nowhere bloody near. Yeah. And you think, well, on, what's the point in that? If I, if I haven't got it, I don't. I, I don't want it. But if I've got it on, and I want to target people, but then yeah. changing targets was far too difficult. If you had so four or five people shooting at you, changing targets between those was you, know, you had to basically disengage and then reengage. Yeah. And it's it was, clumsy. Yeah, it was really clumsy. And it was just quite. It's quite difficult to use. So then, if you look at that as being the mechanism by which these two characters would have a gunfight no matter what type of gun it is and then you give it to Lara because she's a better shot and the mechanism is better yeah you look at them as fist fighters again he's kind of he can be kind of he's got the strength he's strong yeah but he can be kind of clumsy he's not going to have the technique no and again he's going he's gonna to go and swing and she's going to duck under and punch him in the back yeah I mean the kidneys or the, I say stick an arrow in his knee when he when he's following through. It, you know, yeah. There's no way he, for me now. He might get he might land a, a lucky punch or two, but he's he's not going to do any anywhere near enough to take her out. No, and and then again, if you try and take it from the stealth aspect, which they both have, again, I think you give it to Lara. She's smaller. She's quieter. She's more adept to the environment. Yeah, I mean they both have similar stealth kills. Like quite often, Lara will end up choking somebody out and snapping a neck and things, just like Drake does. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I think she's more able to do that. Yeah, I mean, again, you come back to the sort of the way the games are designed. That in sort of the new Tomb Raider games, you have to do that. Yeah. In Uncharted, you don't. It's it's desirable, and you know, it's yeah, it's a bit more satisfying if you can get around and kill people without being shot at, mm. and it's a bit easier if you're not being shot at. But at the same time, if you just go in and think, "Fuck it, I'm going to shoot everybody," yeah, you can. So I yeah I I, I thought this would be a little more uh, a little bit more of a scrap. I think. I sh- I think it really is like Lara's just going fucking predator on him. She's going to use the environment and he's not even going to see it coming. No. It's going to be drop down, arrow to the back of the knee, yeah. swallow I mean, my shotgun. Had it, had the new games not existed and you were talking about the original games, there is this sort of moral thing where she doesn't, she doesn't attack unless she's attacked. And so she won't go after people unless yeah. they come after her first. By the time you get to Tomb Raider and Rise because you've, you've had this of this whole backstory of the fact that she, she has been targeted she has been victimised she has been assaulted yeah. she she's going to go for him yeah she's, he's a threat because he's there and, and especially I mean Drake as a character as well she is not going to respond positively to him no his, his smile and all of that it's not going to wash no it's, it's going to be the thing that sends her over the edge yeah it is not going to wash with her um I, I think she absolutely obliterates him. <laughs> I think so. Decisively. Yeah. Um, and, and at this stage, I mean, we've, 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 we've talked about so many different methods. I don't even suppose it matters how, to be honest. My, my favourite, just because it's my favourite in the game, is the shotgun in the mouth. <laughs> I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's such an excellent, and so unexpected as well. The first time you do it, yeah. it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and as, as I said, it's, it's a lot darker and a lot more sort of hardcore than sort of the new games, so it's, and the, the character is a lot darker. Um, and you see, you've seen that as a, as a shift over the last of 20 years, not just in, in games, but in, in films and TV and stuff. There is a lot, people are now expecting to see a lot more range in a character. You don't mm. just want, well, you, don't, you don't just want a good guy and a bad guy. 
Mm-hmm. You, you want some sort of some ambiguity, some sort of grey area in the middle that you can all maybe not identify with wholly, but there's there's something you can you can pick out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems that she's that she's gone a lot darker and gone to that point where that's it. She will kill any fucking thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no there's no hesitation here like there has been in in some of the other fights we've had where it's like would they go to that level? Like absolutely yes, yeah. both and, of these characters would. That's it. And again, I think from compare comparing this generation of Tomb Raider to the original generation, then there would be a there would be a different question. Yeah. But I think that's gone. I think and and if you if you look at it as being a linear narrative where these prequels feed into who the, who the character becomes later on then yeah okay she she gets to a point where she does start to trust people she does realize she doesn't have to kill everybody mm. she doesn't have to hunt everybody down she can just ignore them she can go around she yeah. doesn't have to fire first but from where she is at the moment she, she's, a, she's just all over it and, and I mean even if even if you know you, you do take the character progression into the the first Tomb Raider games then she's still got that skill set yeah and she's still being that character so put in that environment again yeah she is not going to hesitate no that's it to take him down and, and the only way I see Drake even possibly countering is if she goes in for the the kind of chokehold or the, or the bow around the neck in which case he's got perhaps the physicality to shake her off but she's intelligent enough to realise that's going to be the case so it is going to be you know drop from the trees arrow to the knee yeah shotgun to the mouth but even or then, pistol like, to the head, whichever. Like even then, that like you said, no, she's he he's bigger. He's got an advantage in that sense. She gets that bow around his neck. I think she puts her weight onto that and pulls back. He's no matter what strength or size he's got. He's he's not. There's not going to be a way to take yeah. to to get her off. Assuming she hasn't just put an arrow in his head to be. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's fairly definitive. Um, I I think this is one of the easier for me this is one of the easiest and most definitive ones we've ever done i i honestly could thought this would go a similar way to when we did buffy and wonder woman in that the skill sets of the characters were so similar yeah that they would they would go toe to toe but i think on the surface of it even though the characters look um look to be almost identical you know when you, when you look at the yeah. who they are and the environments they're in as we said they're two sides of a coin and i just think that Lara's side is that much more geared up that yeah. he has not got a chance. No, I mean if you if you were to look to compare them and say right, the, you know, if we, we look at the skill sets, the skill sets are similar, but it just hurts her a lot more advanced. It's yeah, I mean, which is probably why we've well, no, it definitely is why we spent so much time talking about these two as characters rather than the skill sets. Lara's yeah. character here is by far the strongest. Yeah, and she is just gonna absolutely obliterate Drake. Yeah, like there's there's no. There's no way out for him. No, and I think that you, you look at the characters and you look at there, there's you've got sort of the lovable rogue, the anti-hero part of him, which which flat no, which flies, and you, you put him in the environment where you've got the absolute douche monkeys who don't, who mm-hmm. will stitch him up every stretch every stretch of the way. He, you know he he goes after his artifact, and he's he's in an environment where that lovable rogue is the most interesting and the best character. Yeah, and the most engageable and the most likable and the rest of it. You put him against a character who is moral and kind of righteous but for the right reasons yeah all of a sudden you think well yeah, he's a lovable rogue he's still a fucking thief yeah, well, he's, still, yeah. he's still a mercenary you know you, you lose that empathy yeah um, just because of who the, the other character is yeah um, and I think that, that's telling a lot, a lot of the time with the people you have around uh, Drake in the games that without without those his character is just kind of a dick yeah he is definitely um, as I say that, that is something that has been debated heavily and by people 
far more intelligent in this field than us, probably. But yeah, there is there is definitely an element there of Nathan Drake is not actually a nice guy at all. No. He's a complete and utter cock. Um, <laughs> it just so happens that we like him because we get to wander around villages and, and kill people and quit yeah, about it. That's it. And I think that, that's it. It's, it's, it's the quips and the... It's that sort of stuff that makes you think, oh, yeah, actually, he's not that bad. Yeah. He has just fucked over an entire village, but yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's, not a, he's not a complete arsehole. Yeah. But there you go. So, yeah, I think that's pretty uh, pretty settled. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty definitive, I think. Battle of Lara Croft and Nathan Drake, Lara Croft wins. Um, if you'd like to discuss that or you want to get in touch, um, you go to our website, ddpodcast.net, and you can contact us through there, or you can reach us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet, or find us on Facebook on the Double Down Podcast Network. Until next time. Yeah. See you later. Yeah.